You know, I figured why not keep the holiday jazz going for this week's episode two. I mean, it, it is the holidays. Why not? Welcome to episode eight, folks, of Transactions with Dave Canton. It's the very last episode of 2021. You know, it's it's that week in between Christmas and New Year's where, you know, like not much seems to be going on except, a, you know, a lot of Yuletide cheer, eating, you know, drinking, relaxing, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like a limbo week, but a nice relaxing week between Christmas and New Year's. But we are still bringing you a brand new episode of Transactions to close out the year. I'm your host, Derek Dean. With me always is Dave Canton, the CEO and founder of the Dave Canton Group. So let's welcome him in. Good morning, Dave. How are you, man? Good morning, Derek D. How are you today, brother? I'm good. I'm good, man. I had a great Christmas with the family, stuffed my face with all kinds of food. And now we're in that week between Christmas and New Year's, you know. Uh, but first, let me ask, how was your Christmas? Christmas was absolutely spectacular. Uh, no better time than to see the joy in my children's face and all and all the people out there. It's just it's a great time of year where everyone comes together and everyone's smiling and happy. You know, really the way that I want it, 365, right? If you had one way that you would want to see this world, it would be like Christmas every day, right? Yeah. People are happy. They're in holiday moods. But I got to tell you, New Year's is probably my favorite holiday, and why? Oh, really? Uh, New Year, New Year's for me has been a time, Derek. Uh, you know, my entire life where I really take the time to reflect back on the year, and I really set my intentions for the following year, and and I and I and I own you know, all my, all my goals that I maybe didn't achieve. And I, and I really take the time to understand what I maybe need to do better the following year, but it's a time to be thankful. It's a time to celebrate the you know, bringing in the new year and the new change and, you know, really what you want to see happen over the next 12 months. It's like having the ability to just hit that restart button every single December 31st into January 1st. And I absolutely love it and cherish the day. Yeah, well, I you know that's that's funny. I mean, Christmas is my favorite, but I I do love New Year's. I do love that, like you said, it's the it's it's a change. It's new. We're flipping over into a, a brand new year. Uh, but that being said, Dave, so it, it it is the week between Christmas and New Year's for most people. You know, this is like a bye week. It's a vacation week. It's it's one of those weeks where you really can't differentiate whether it's like Tuesday or Saturday. You're eating all the food. You just it doesn't matter. So. What's going on in the dealer world this week? What's going on in the M&A world this week? Are things still firing as it's been or is it finally relaxed? You know, Derek, typically DCG is shut down, excuse me, uh, shut down completely between like the 22nd and the 2nd of January. Hmm. We have done that, you know, since inception every year. Um, this year, I, I, I gave it. I gave the opportunity to my entire team. What do you guys want to do? And every one of them were like, "Whoa, we can't shut down." You know, there's 37 acquisitions in the works right Jeez. now that all that all are in different processes between evaluation phase between uh, uh, preparing to go to market phase and gathering all the materials uh, uh, from from just signing LOIs to now introducing you know both sides counsel and getting the deal off and, and going and 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 there's acquisitions that we're preparing to close right after the new year that have so much going on you know look I'll say this again transactions doesn't sleep. And this is a year that proves that. And I believe 22 will be a greater year, as I've said the last few episodes. But there's no time off this year. I mean, this yeah. is this is you strike wide, you strike wide, the iron's hot. The iron is 
as hot, red hot as could possibly be. And you have to keep a deal moving. I, I also said this before, deal fatigue is real. And having the ability to, sh- to slow down for seven to 10 days could affect the deal as well. Let's not forget the manufacturers are shutting down for this week and they do take a step back and they're not there in their corporate headquarters or any of their homes or offices focusing on automotive buy sells. So uh, from their point of view, the deal function has slowed down. We need to keep that spark, that deal alive, you know, keep communicating. Um, you know, most most legal counsel uh, and, and accounting counsel as well um, kind of utilizes this week again to kind of shut down. But they're still available if anything is needed. Deals are not stopping this week. Uh, uh, business is not stopping this week. You know, we're going to enjoy the holidays. We're so incredibly blessed and thankful. But I'll tell you this, for some weird mm. reason, Whenever we launch a new acquisition this week, it sells instantaneously. And, and not just because of what we're going through right yeah. now with this M&A frenzy. It's every year we try to pick one or two acquisitions to launch the week between Christmas and New Year. And it sells so quick. I don't know if everyone's just in the habit of buying. I mean, this is different than going out and buying a pair of slippers. You're buying a $50 million automotive dealership platform, but it goes so quickly. So every year we try to pick one or two of our of our acquisitions that we're prepared to go to market with. And we always launch it this week. And it's it, it, they always sell like one day. It's unbelievable. So you're saying it sells so quickly. Does that? What do you mean by it sells so quick? Like it sells and you go through the process in those few days? or it sells and then you finish it in the new year? No, I don't care. I don't care who you are as a buyer and seller. It's going to take anywhere right. from 60 days to 180 exactly. days to yeah. get to the finish line. I was about to say. I'm talking about... I'm talking about preparation to go to the market and selling it. Like if we, oh, if we, if we, if we say it's go time, you know, call, call our favorite two or three uh, buyers for that acquisition based upon the, the geographic location and the qualification of the buyer that's able to perform on the acquisition. You know, you pick up the phone, you dial your first buyer and they're like, okay, send me the LOI. Yeah. You know, that's how quick deals are moving today. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about the speed of a deal. I think it's important you know, because this episode is really about the speed of an acquisition. Yeah. You know, the, a, a buyer's greatest approach to an acquisition is always speed, speed to the deal. You know, one of my greatest mentors in life who probably has about a $14 billion uh, real estate portfolio, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's been a great mentor to me wow. my entire life, at least the last 30 years of it. He's always taught me speed wins an acquisition. When you're out there competing or there's an asset you want to purchase, having the ability to perform in speed and in quick time is always going to be the greatest quality of a buyer, right? Mm. So when you're prepared and you're ready to execute and you can have that ability to have a fast, speedy transaction, that's the best buyer there is. Not someone who, when you call up and speak about an acquisition, says, "Well, let me build, you know, you know, my portfolios. You know, let me build a, a, a performa on this acquisition. Let me speak to my accountants, attorneys, and, and all other advisors. Those are necessary steps, but steps that also should be taken before you get on the phone hearing about an acquisition. Right. If you're in acquisition mode, right? So. You know, we always ask people, are you in acquisition mode or not? What does that mean? What's the difference? The difference is, are you, are you, are you positioning your platform, whether it's one store or a hundred one stores to buy and add more stores? And if you are, my advice is 
that you prepare yourself for that acquisition. You line up a line of credit or financing. You prepare your team to be able to create synergies between whatever you're buying, meaning you might not know the location, but you have your resources prepared and ready to go. Yeah. When you get on the phone with an M&A specialist, and there's a lot of them in this industry, okay, that do similar to what I do, it's always good to say, hey, Dave, thank you so much for calling me on this deal. I have my line of credit lined up. We have all the details needed for the manufacturer application process, meaning all the prior years of historic performance information and finance data. We have it all ready to go in one in one Dropbox, in one secure, in one secure data room. That tells me that a buyer is prepared, they're in acquisition mode, and the speed to a deal always wins the deal. It always trumps any other buyer speed to a deal. Right. Yeah. So uh, when you're saying speed and the only way you can have that speed is if you do all the due diligence and, you know, preparation beforehand, which when a deal comes up or a sale, you're ready to go, which in turn makes the process a lot smoother. And that's the speed aspect you're talking about, right? I mean, speed by being prepared and being able to to quickly to quickly navigate as well. Look, you know, when you're when you get a phone call on a on a on a monster Toyota dealership or or a four car plat four rooftop platform, we're not usually typically just calling one person. We're going to call the top two to three qualified candidates in that market that are factory approved, uh, the ability to be factory approved, financially qualified. And these are all three auto groups that are well-structured and all understand how to purchase an acquisition. Yeah, Who wins that acquisition typically always isn't the greatest price. It's the one who could perform the fastest, the one that really understands speed to the deal, the one that could execute that LOI, the one that has the ability to say, I am ready to go. There is nothing stopping us from executing this acquisition, performing throughout this acquisition, and closing on this acquisition. Confidence in an acquisition for a buyer is the key to success on achieving a successful closing. Yeah, that's a good that's a good line right there. <laughs> there it is. Um, always be closing, right? Uh, so 2022 is days away. What's what's one thing, or maybe maybe it's multiple things that dealers or sellers, buyers, M&A world need to really focus on for 2022? Is there some things that are going to change or anything that you could pinpoint? Yeah. I mean, look, I do this in my, in all my companies and I, I take uh, I take it pretty serious, right? It's kind of a re-evaluation of the business plan, the business model, and your greatest asset, which are your people. I think too many companies uh, uh, globally forget that their people are their greatest asset. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really enjoy doing every year is taking the time to speak to every single DCG uh, uh, family member, okay, that, that's involved in our companies and other assets and companies that I'm involved in. I literally pick up the phone and I, I want to communicate with as many of them as I possibly can. Just kind of check in, right? Yeah. See, see what they're thinking. See what changes they, you know, they're they're on the front line, right? I'm up above and, and I'm watching over, but some things could get missed. So I like to speak to everyone and really get their understanding. So my my, you know, I, I say this all the time. Your people are your greatest asset, and your people usually know everything that's going on. And when you keep that relationship tight between you and your greatest asset, which is your people, your company's always going to flourish more. It's always going to have a greater opportunity for success. So one of the things I do, and I really love to do, is to check in with everyone mm. and just kind of say, hey, what's going on? It's like, it's like, 
It's like bringing your car in for a, for a service, for a maintenance, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like lifting up the hood and doing an oil change. I like to lift up the hood of my companies and really understand what's going on behind the behind the scenes and and just you know it's kind of a check-in period and they all know i do it every year they kind of write have their notes prepared you know they know the call is coming um and it's a good time for them to really be able to uh tell me what what if there are any changes what they recommend and just the ability to allow any team member of your company to have them uh, to have them hear you right like this person on this call might be I don't know, our, our, uh, our junior, uh, uh, MD, they might be someone that you started with the company. And here I am taking the time to listen to them and to write down their ideas that goes so far Yeah, because it doesn't matter how long you've been with my company. It doesn't matter your earning potential. Everyone has incredible ideas and I want to hear them all. I've always been a sponge, Derek, you know, I'm, I'm here to learn. I'm, I'm learning every day. And if any one of my companies can tell me something we could do better, something that's going on that I might not be aware of, I want to know about it. And I do that on the, I do that at the beginning of every year. And that's good. I mean, that's how you should be. And that's, that's kind of to circle back what you were saying before, you know, uh, it's, it's, you have these employees and your team, you know, that you work with and what you were saying before about, you know, this week being so busy, they're like, Hey, we can't take off. We have all these things we have to do. It's because you, you, you you have a good team and you have good people and you you show interest in anything they want to say if there's something new that they can offer you're all ears but that it just encompasses everything if, i mean if they weren't happy you know what i mean or if they, or if they weren't part of the team or all in they'd probably be like no i we we, we want to take these days off we're going to take these days off meanwhile that they you you can't right now cuz you got so much business to work on so it kind of it, it comes full circle is what I'm saying. Like your team, your people are important. They know it. They realize that you acknowledge that. And then boom, they're like, Hey, we got to get this done. And they're motivated. It's not like they're, Hey, let's take this, this time off between Christmas and new year's when we have all this work to do. Eric, well said. And, you know, instead of, instead of, you know, asking people or telling people what to do, you kind of give them the option. Yeah. And when you give people the option to create uh, let's say a greater amount of financial success for the company and for themselves, they're usually going to click that button and say, I'm all in. So, you know, giving them that opportunity and not just forcing someone to do something is always a greater way to, to, to really just get behind someone and, and help them understand the benefit. Okay. Of what, of what one decision can make for not just an individual, but for the entire firm, you know, right. with that being said, you know, checking in is a key component uh, to, to, to all, to all your levels of employees. It doesn't matter who they are. You know, you could you could give someone 60 seconds of your time and to them, it was, fi- it was, it was five hours, right? It was oh, just sure. the fact that, that it was just the fact that you, you rang their phone that, that you said to them, Hey, how are you? Right. I'm oh, checking absolutely. in with you. How are you? There's no greater feeling than when someone asks you, how are you? And I think that's something that should be appreciated throughout every single job title. It doesn't matter where you stand in a DCG family of brand company. We're going to check in with you and make sure you're doing okay. Because the the better you are, the better you're going to perform within one of my companies. So that also has always been a key component. I got to say, one of the other things I think that's important for the new year is is going through the process, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that your processes are adjusted. You know, there's three things in any business, right? Your product of what you offer, your people, which is your greatest asset and your process. 
Make sure, because evolution is real, that your processes are adjusting with evolution, that whatever changes that you might have made, uh, whatever quarter you might have made them in, you know, between Q1 and Q4, that you kind of have that written down and you have everyone reestablished understanding that this is the process, especially in the automotive world. You know, how many times have I heard from someone, you know, this platform owns 22 stores. But if I went into one store, I'm never going to get the same feeling, okay, that 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 it, that I got from another store that the same company owns. I think it's important for any automotive group that owns multiple stores to have synergies within their showrooms oh, and service to. departments. Yeah. Where when if I walk in one showroom in 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 one area of the country and I walk in another showroom that they own in another area of the country, I know. It's the same auto group. I know it not by the sign or the name on the front of the building when I pull in, but maybe the introduction when I walk in, maybe the process of how to purchase the car, maybe the greeting of when I pull my car into the service drive or the, or the experience when I leave that automotive dealership. Yeah. And that's so critical. And dealers do not put as much focus behind the consumer experience as they should. There is no great, there is no greater feeling than 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 the wow approach. And Derek, I know we're we're cut on time, but I now have to tell everyone the wow approach. Yeah. You know, in every business, especially brick and mortar that I'm invested in, you know, I, I ask for the wow approach. And what does that mean? The wow approach that when people pull up to that to that store, they say wow. Okay, regardless of what it is. And they walk in, they say, wow. Mm. Now, I, I expect that same wow approach when they leave, right? So it, it's pretty simple to create that wow when somebody walks in, right? Mm-hmm. But having them say that same wow when they leave, now that's a telltale sign. That's a sign right there of how well run that organization is, how well of a well-run machine Okay, that that culture is within the organization. When you rely on your people to create that incredible wow experience and they're and they're willing to do it each and every time, that tells you up above how good of a job you're doing, your executive, your corporate team is doing of managing your greatest asset, and that's your people. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you get that wow factor when you go to a dealership or whatever business you're going into, you you, you get that first impression but then if the whole experience and process only confirms that great first impression you had then that business is doing it right because you leave saying wow what an experience and wow that was better than i thought it would be you know i think it's also the balance like we've talked about in past episodes between work and play and work and relaxation and vacation and successful companies have that balance and in turn it all helps and I think going into 2022, you have to have that same mindset, making sure you're working hard, but also taking the time to relax and take a step back. And, you know, I think when people do that in their companies, the people and their team really appreciate that and they only work harder. Uh, well, transactions, it's the last episode of 2021. Before we go, any last words, Dave? Absolutely. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank the automotive industry for for, for providing the ability and the opportunity for such a spectacular, incredible year. Uh, I don't know many people in the automotive industry that will not agree with those words I just said. Everyone in every aspect of the automotive industry is thriving right now. Let's find 
a way to keep that momentum into 22 in all aspects, not just the profitability of automotive dealerships or or or, or how much money people are making today, but the attitude, the right. excitement, right? To me, effort and attitude are two critical components. And that's what I see everyone I speak to today. Their attitude is just unbelievable. Their effort in what they're doing is, is above average. And if we're always maintaining and thriving to be above and not just average, we're always going to succeed and have a smile on our face. So to everyone in the automotive industry, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and thank you so much for listening to this transactions episode and to all of our episodes. And I can promise you one thing, our episodes coming in 2022 are gonna be absolutely incredible. And it's gonna bring all the information that's needed in all aspects of the automotive industry. Everyone, Happy New Year, stay healthy and stay safe. Thanks, Dave. You as well. Have a happy and healthy new year. Dave Canton, everybody. Well, that will do it for this last episode of Transactions for 2021 right here on the DNT Network. For past episodes, you can listen over at dealernewstoday.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Derek D. Thanks for listening, everybody. And you have a happy new year.